0: A big thing I'm passionate on is about getting younger people, so whether into apprentices and getting them the experience on the projects, so taking people from the local community who are trying to get their foot on the job ladder and mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to do that, but working with our suppliers to see actually what are they doing and what opportunities are they giving people as well. And mm-hmm. We've had some great projects where we've had one or two apprentices on it, and I think we should grow that even more uh, mm-hmm. because that, that's – in my mind, to give giving back to and the people that are maybe struggling in school, but are very good technically or have the capabilities to be an electrician, a mechanic or anything like that, giving them the opportunity to get involved in projects.
1: Hello and welcome to Navigating ESG in Facilities in the Workplace. My name is Darren Party, and I'm delighted to be joined by Conrad Dinsmore. Uh, who is a Head of Projects at CBRE. Comrade, how are you doing? How are you, Darren?
0: Doing good, thanks.
1: Thanks for, for joining us today. Um, so before we get involved in the ESG questions, I've just got five quick fire questions to go through um, about what is your favourite film? Armageddon. Good choice. Uh, favourite song? Oh, changes by the Week. Right, okay. Any that are in your head at the moment, you think I like that? Actually not, no. I'm terrible at Kenny Rogers, the gambler. I was listening to that the other day, actually. I love that song. Uh, Favorite band or artist? Picture this. Okay, cool. Uh, Favorite place to go in the world can be anywhere or it can be local? Back to Ireland. Back to Ireland. Nice, nice touch. Uh, And uh, do you have pineapple on your pizza? Definitely not. No, absolutely. Brilliant. I think we'll get on then. Cool. So I saw you at the facility show recently. I thought it was it was great, really interesting talk. Um and you've actually had quite a an interesting career. Um, how did you get involved in facilities management? I was
0: quite the anomaly in that I, I chose it as a career of choice. Uh, my dad or it all started with my dad, who in Ireland is an FM business. So I kind of grew up within it. And once I completed school, university, uh, picked my career, or my qualifications around entering FM, decided to move across to London and uh, to, to sort of challenge myself in new areas. Uh, started as a graduate in a graduate program, and I've just built it up from there. And uh, it's been something I'm hugely passionate about and keen on, not just the project side, but the whole area around FM in itself that I think we are one of, if not the most important part of a building. And am mm-hmm. keen to always pursue and progress that.
1: Indeed. And you've also been getting involved in the IWFM, certainly the, the Rising Star side of things. Could you give me a little bit of background about that, please? Yes. Yeah, so when
0: I was in university, uh, I joined what was then the, the BAFM at the time. And, and the reason for that was doing my dissertation in FAM. Being a member meant I was able to get the good practice guides, the white papers that the industry produced. When I moved across, then continued my membership um, a year and a half into living here, was successful in winning the Newcomer of the Year Award uh, for BIFM. So after that, I then joined the Rise and to just try and push the passion that I've got uh, to new people in, entering the industry and show that support. And I've been now with them five and a half, six years. And as the years have been on, and as I've got more experience, I've got more involved in IWFM and sort of have an opinion about things and get involved in how we grow
1: and sell the industry as a career of choice as opposed to people saying I fell into it. Yeah awesome that sounds, sounds great um, and I've actually interviewed a few people that, um, from a sustainable background or social value background or from procurement um, and it's interesting to get different perspectives on ESG um, and um, I suppose their role within ESG whether it's just sustainability, Uh, social value, diversity, whatever. Um, Now, obviously, from a a project's point of view, you deliver or you're involved in helping deliver projects as a head of projects. Um, What thought goes into ESG when delivering a project? And has that changed over the years, even in recent years, with uh, maybe more of an emphasis on ESG?
0: If if I think back to maybe... Four or five years ago, every project that was done that that was around the energy sphere, it was what's my return on investment? That's all that mattered. Now, when we have the conversation with customers, it's what's my carbon reduction? What's my impact on the environment? Where are you procuring your products and and these materials from? Uh, with the waste that's coming out of office spaces, what are we doing with it? So there is a, a high emphasis on it now, and also mm-hmm. the contractors that we use what then so not only is what is cbr easy sg agenda but what is the agenda of the contractors you're using and making sure that that flows down so now yes cost is always a conversation when it comes to a project but it's actually all of the additional benefits that that we bring as well so it Mm -hmm. is something that that is you know a third of our proposal if not more
1: right okay and uh, i think in certain circumstances providing a more sustainable solution or um, adding to the local community or whatever doesn't necessarily add to the cost but in occasions where there are um, solutions that maybe cost a bit more do you think clients are prepared to engage with those um, solutions
0: yeah a lot of the more now we're quite mature in our conversations with them in that yes we can procure a, a cheaper product that is manufactured and and shipped across from Asia Pacific or we can procure something that is more expensive but it's manufactured built in the UK it's transported in electric vehicles uh, less packaging less wrapping less impact on the environment we can look at scope one two and three uh, Mm -hmm. from an SEO perspective and, and we can show them that picture and I think having that approach with them allows customers to make an educated decision on it as well, which is helpful. It's not just uh, we think this is the best option, you have to go for it. It's uh, here's the information to allow you to understand what the impact is depending on what route you want to take.
1: Okay. And um, I'm assuming meaningful data sort of at the end of a project is important to supply clients. How easy is that getting from your supply chain? A lot of the
0: supply chains getting a lot better at it, and I think if it take the biggest piece of data that we try to capture is the waste that comes out of a out of a project. So, yeah. one, we try to make sure actually we don't need the waste. Uh, we've we've had some projects where the likes of lighting, we've had lights sent to a project, the cardboard that they were in was then taken back to the factory and reused for the next set, yeah, okay. and that went through the entire life of a project. So when you're talking eight nine thousand fittings there's a significant yep. saving within cardboard there but we've suppliers now that are showing us that and they're saying yeah we're only delivering what's needed so if it's building materials uh, we're not over delivering and having a lot mm-hmm. of waste that's there so we are being mature in that we're saying okay let's eradicate what we don't need at the beginning uh, yep. and then what we are using as waste can we recycle it can we renew it if it's the likes of office furniture that we're taking out actually work and that go-to. There's some mm-hmm. fantastic social value businesses out there that are able to take that furniture to third world countries or to upcycle it and do great things with it. So yep. the, supply, the supply chain is probably the mature part of it. And they're telling mm-hmm. us what they can do and how we go about doing that. And what's great with CBRE is we're able to facilitate that then with the customers. And at the end of every project,
1: tell them what the end output was yeah and I've actually been to some recent supply events for CBRE one was about diverse um, supply chain Uh, another one was about uh, ESG um, for for clients and for suppliers and you can really see that CBRE are pushing that Um, those sustainable and social value options and um you know diversity and 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 whatnot sounds sounds great and i think what
0: cbi are pushing on as well which which is great is that you know large corporations like to have uh maybe a smaller supply chain that can do national anywhere Mm. we're now looking at actually if we look at where our client base is do we have any suppliers that are traveling from one end of the country to the other to deliver a service because that's just not ethical so it's Mm. about getting in a supply chain that is local and saying yes. Anyone that comes to this site is traveling 20, 30 miles max, uh, and we can then start to picture and put that out to customers there so they see the benefit.
1: Yep, fantastic. And and how do you think FM companies uh, are impacting businesses and communities from an ESG point of view?
0: Bigger than what's being marketed. When we think of any any building, the majority, of products and output from it, it is managed by fm businesses yeah. and they have that part in what they choose to spend and how they spend it and a yeah. lot of the companies now and we see whether it's in facilitate magazine and linkedin are the various platforms of what they're doing and they're at the forefront of it most companies outside of fm speak of uh, sustainable spend uh, but we're actually the ones getting the sustainable products, the sustainable end picture. And I think we're in a lot more for that. And then from a social value side, the amount of businesses now that we're seeing that maybe didn't recognise that they were a social value business to begin with, that Mm -hmm. now the FN companies are helping them recognise that and helping them get classification as a social enterprise. So I think we are at the the forefront of it and we are helping companies sort of raise the profile in doing that. So I, I do believe our industry is the
1: forward-thinking one off it, yeah. I mean, the FM industry employs so many people as well. Um, has, has such a big impact on on the economy, really, um, and local communities, um, and and providing uh, just food on the table for, for for families in those communities as well. But um, uh, a recent event I went to, uh, there was a chap called Martin Picard who who said that the FM industry employ in the region of about three million people, um, and and, and the sort of family members associated to that were in the region about sort of 10 million. So it's, it, it definitely has a huge impact. Um, I mean, during some of the projects that you've been involved in, if there was one thing that you could kind of improve to support ESG that's not already been improved, like, for example, you mentioned the lighting there with the reuse of the um, of the packaging, um, what would it be?
0: A big thing I'm passionate on is about getting younger people. So whether into apprentices and getting them the experience on the projects. So taking people from the local community who are trying to get their foot on the job ladder and mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to do that, but working with our suppliers to see actually what are they doing and what opportunities are they giving people as well? And we've had some great projects where we've had one or two apprentices on it. And I think we should grow that even more uh, mm-hmm. because that, that's. In my mind, give them to giving back the getting the people that are maybe struggling in school but are very good technically or have the capabilities to be an electrician, a mechanic or anything like that, giving them the opportunity to get involved in projects.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And, and what big changes do you think um, will happen over the next few years within FM to support ESG further?
0: Great question. I, I remember five, six years ago being asked, what changes do I think I'll see in AFM over the next mm. five or six years? And yeah. yeah, it's not as far as what I thought. But uh, I think we are going to continue to lead it. Uh, uh, and as the AFM industry grows as a career of choice, uh, and I think with the likes of COVID, where we're now at the top table in organizations, mm. we will be the ones that people will look at to say, "We we need to come to you for the support with us. But I do think we will start to see more mandates being put on, more companies giving KPIs and targets to hit for our spend, for the products that we use, for our talent pool and the various things. So we're now, it's a kind of nice to have, and people are really trying to make a difference. I do feel it's going to become more mandated that you have to do it. and And as competition gets tighter, people will put more effort into doing that. So we'll see a natural increase in the development of it
1: fantastic comrade that's all of my questions is there anything else you wanted to to add
0: no i have actually no questions for once which isn't like me because normally i like to talk on a lot more than usual
1: no it's it's been really interesting and i I appreciate uh, you coming onto the onto the podcast and and giving us your views um this will be going live within the next week or so but really appreciate time on that comrade and speak soon thanks for having me see you then